Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edition of the Lori and Julia Show, my talk 1071. Everything Entertainment, thank you for joining us. We've got a good Vincent scandal coming up for you towards the bottom of the hour, so stick around for that. I thought you two might be interested in this. HBO has announced that this would be the first documentary ever of this fashion icon. Who do you think it might be? Never uh, been a documentary of this man before. Um, fashion icon. Carl Lagerfeld? Nope. Is he a designer? He is a designer. Bob Mackey? Nope. Michael Kors? Oscar De La Renta. No, good guesses. No, it's going to be Ralph Lauren. Oh, Ralph oh, Lauren. There's never been a documentary of him before, yeah. and uh, it's going to be in November. It'll be feature length, and we'll uh, have all sorts of uh, un, uh, unseen archives from 50 years, and he will speak candidly in uh, extensive interviews about his childhood, about his marriage, and about the early days of his company, and so on and so forth. Fantastic. It's going to be good. Fantastic. Do you want to know where we didn't get invited to? What we didn't get Ralph invited Lorenz to? Ralph Lauren's 50th anniversary party in Paris, which did happen. <laughs> that was the party that, that we weren't invited we to. We weren't invited to that, but we also were not invited to the big party tonight, the big 50th birthday party for J-Lo I in like Miami. She always, always has a big party. She does. 5 with 250 guests. you got to have a party for the 50th, if you can. In Miami at Emilio... And Gloria Estevez's house on Star Island. Estevan. Estevez? Est- what, what is his name? What's Gloria Estefan. 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 You called him call Estevez. Oh, I'm thinking of Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two homes on their property. One where they live and the other where they throw parties. Oh, my God. It's actually fabulous. right next door to Puff Daddy's house. The bash is tonight. It's a gold theme and it's going to start at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fun. It, her 50th birthday um, shout out started with... A little love note from her fiance, Alice Rodriguez. Alex. What I just. Alice. I called him Alex. You called him Alice. I, I, I don't know. Did I? Yeah, Alice Rodriguez. Right. Which, you know, I think we but would listen mind to this if she line. dated Alice Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen to this. I'm going to stop, stop talking after this because here's how it starts Hey, baby girl. Keith Urban does that. Yeah, he calls her Nicole Baby Girl. Mm-hmm. I just want to wish that. you a happy birthday. You have made me feel like every day is my birthday. See how he made it be back about him? Mm-hmm. He bugs me. We hear that. No, the, that is a that's no. like a birthday greeting back to himself. Well, yeah. it's like your birthday greetings where you buy a present for yourself and your husband to travel. 
It's for us. Yeah. Well. But you don't say. I don't say it out loud. And he wants me to travel with him. So right. it's win, win, win. I'm just saying that. that. She d- he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've made me feel like every day is my birthday. Okay. Hey, baby girl. That is Keith Urban. He is cheating and taking his line. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the mayor of Miami. Is it Jennifer Lopez Day in Miami? It is. Nice. She got the proclamation of the city and the keys to the city. And I wonder what keys to a city open. I don't know. Nothing. It's just symbolic. I'm trying to think. Okay, my 50th birthday. You had a big party. Schuler's Roadside Tavern in Golden Valley with the Flamin' O's. That's right. I was there. Then I went to Paris for 10 Mm -hmm. days. And I got a big diamond ring. So mm. I was pretty happy with mine. Yeah. Yeah. I blew up my life. <laughs> mine. Well, okay. First we went to Vegas and then I blew it up. <laughs> then you blew your life. Yeah, okay. pretty much. So, so there's all kinds of ways to celebrate your 50th. There's all kinds of ways to have a 50th. All right. Well, how about this? Uh, Gwyneth, remember when um, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, uh, maybe when she revealed that several weeks ago in an interview that she and her husband, Brad Falchuk, do not live together full right. time. Right. That she is her home. He is his home. And they spend four nights a week together and that's it. Yep. And um, I, the problem we had with it is that it came from Gwyneth and she made it sound like only peasants live together all the time. Right, because this is the perfect way to keep excitement in a relationship is not living together. She said her intimacy coach told her the four nights a week arrangement was for polarity and all of her married friends were were really jealous Mm -hmm. and that that sounds ideal. You and I should be going to to Hollywood right now and become intimacy coaches and help people if you can get paid for this kind of advice. If we went out with fake documents and a fake podcast and a fake everything, people would pay you to just say fake things. But 100%. Okay, Gwyneth has an intimacy coach and she's trying to pass this off when in reality... It's a custody thing with the ex-wife of the man she married that she... And that Brad's kids don't like Gwyneth. Right. That's what it is. That's, uh, but here she, her intimacy coach gave an interview. Oh, what'd she say? Michaela, boom. She gave an interview and here's what she said. Listen to her. My friend just texted me, worst concert ever, J-Lo. J-Lo. When she was at Excel, they hated it. Yeah. Hated it, left the concert. Yeah, that's too bad. I saw her with Pitbull, and I saw her her with with Julio Iglesias. Didn't we go to that concert? And I mean, Enrique. And I hated her performance. I couldn't wait for him. Yeah. He saved her. I don't think she's great. Yeah, all right. Well, here we go. Well, listen to this. Here's what Gwyneth's intimacy coach, who she probably pays $800 a session to, um, she appeared on... An episode of the show Loose Women. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she said, this is why she invites and advises Gwyneth to keep some distance in order to keep the spark alive. Okay. Alive. When couples start living together, they ruin the excitement. That's true for anyone. Hollywood star or regular commoner. Oh, did she say that? Regular commoner. <laughs> You she know, said, like us. yeah, spend time apart, even if it's 10 minutes at the end of the work day. It could be having separate rooms or separate houses. It depends on how much time you need. And it depends on how much money, <laughs> money you, you have. have. And <laughs> I'm just like, okay, it's 
She's they're trying to spin it. How much of a fart sniffing narcissist do you have to be to pay someone to be your innocent intimacy coach to give you that kind of advice? Oh, my Lord. Well, she's getting Lori. But well, let me ask you this though. Okay. If you're having problems in your marriage, you need to communicate and give more oral sex. That'll be eight hundred dollars, please. I mean, I'm just, I mean Let me ask you yes. something though. Okay, so when you first married Casey, you didn't want to marry him, but he had young kids in the house and said we need to get married. Yes. Because the kids live with him. I can't live without you. Oh, that's what he Ooh. said. Yeah. And he also said, you will have 12 free days a month. 10. 10, where the kids are gone and I'm gone because I'm a firefighter. Yeah. And that was a selling point for you. Yes. Okay. It was. So, But it was a selling point for me because I had found that I came to not trust myself when it came to a committed uh, monogamous marital relationship i wasn't good at it and i was worried i would be even worse with kids involved and even more of a commitment when i was kind of like very happy being footloose and fancy free but so you didn't worry about yourself with those 10 free days what do you mean that was yeah that was a selling point okay but also okay but I mean, that was a different. I mean, sometimes is telling us this through intimacy yeah. coach, trying to make it seem like only peasants live together. But do you think it would be? Because I think you know you it's, hear it's hear, a custodial thing. Well, this is yeah. totally BS from mm. her people. We already know that. Yeah. But it, do you think it's a good idea? Like, if you meet someone, because I know a lot of couples that have two different homes, mm-hmm. and then they spend time together. Like Dorit, not Dorit, but who's the one? Dorinda, the New York housewives. Her guy John just pops in they have sex and then he leaves yeah listen yeah i mean i can totally see where it would work for someone who hates cohabitation they don't want to be married they want to be able to do their own thing i mean that's up that's up to you but i'm just saying she's she, all about this blended marriage blended family his kids can't stand her and he has to live in another house he probably bird nests with his wife his ex-wife what is bird nesting is this mean? is a new word bird they share the nest but <laughs> they don't sit on the the eggs at the same time okay gwyneth has her house brad has his house and i'll bet there's another house and i bet when brad has the kid he moves back to that house and when brad goes to gwyneth's house then his ex-wife goes to that house and that way that's the bird nest where the parents move out and the kids stay in one home okay so she's all about you know presenting you know all that so that's yeah, I mean, if that works out for you, but like you said, how many people can have two homes and all of this? The whole way, I was happy to hear from this intimacy coach. <laughs> you were? And, well, because I, I wanted to know, did this A, uh, you know, A-list intimacy coach really exist? Right. Gwyneth actually pays her. So you would think you'd pay an intimacy coach to help you get your sex life back on track or something. It's a little odd that they're having <laughs> an intimacy coach right. and she's letting us know, but somewhere down the line there will be I a book or Goop, something right. sold. Right, I bet if I go to, to Goop, there's a section on intimacy yeah. and a book by the intimacy coach. What's her name? When couples start living together, they ruin the excitement. Well, That's true for anyone, Hollywood star that is just or regular like- commoner. And yeah, just taking 10 Wait. minutes apart at the end of the day when you haven't seen each other at all sounds like a swell idea to me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, I'm going to Hollywood and giving advice. Uh, yeah, Her yeah. name is Michelle Bowen. Unbelievable. B-O-H-E-M. Yeah, B-O, yeah.
Michelle, M- Michaela, excuse me, Michaela. So Michael with an A, Bohm, B-O-E-H-M. Anyway, or you could also, you know, here's a sexual, uh, sexual connection is not enough to base the whole relationship on. That'll be $800. We know that. Duh. No, but I'm just saying, these right. are the kinds of things. Yeah. You know Charges what? People for that. Can I just give a shout out to uh, Wesley Snipes who did the classiest thing? He did classiest, classiest thing. So he did. Uh, they're at Marvel's presentation at Comic Con over the weekend. Maybe you guys talked about this on Monday. And Mahershala Ali was revealed to be the be the new Daywalker for Blade. Yes. And um, so Mahershala basically approached Marvel and pitched a redo of Blade. The OG Blade, Wesley Snipes, does he mind this? People were getting all excited, so he released a statement, and he just said, all you daywalkers, and oh, relax, I'm cool with it. He's going to be uh, wonderful. He's a, He just nipped it in the bud before people could start. Yeah, questioning. Yeah, that was right. smart. That I just was, went, anyway, I like that about him. I just there want is. you to know that Michaela Bohm, mm-hmm. what's has, she selling? She has five books out. Yeah. And the latest one, um, you can. She teaches um, to fulfill your potential and pleasure. Listen to Will Smith talk to her about her new book, The Wild Woman's Way. Oh Lord, that'll be five hundred dollars. She talks to the stars about intimacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for crying! I'm telling out loud. you, this is a business for uh, somebody. If you're really, you know, you can get your foot in the door of the bedroom. Okay, Does and her and her things are sold out. Her little weekend intimacies, yeah. camps. Her camps. Okay. <laughs> oh, my word. Honestly. This, all right. Well, there's a sucker board every minute. There really is, yeah. Donnie. And there's a bridge available in Brooklyn That's for right. sale. It's a good deal. It's only $80 million. Please send the... This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Holly, let's let's get to it. There's, yes. There's probably news out there that we haven't even touched today. I think there is. Mm-hmm. Let's start out with a congratulations to Anne Hathaway. She announced that she is expecting her second child. She put this up on her Instagram this afternoon, and uh, she showed a black and white selfie of herself, a mere selfie, and here's her caption. She said, it's not for a movie number two. She said, all kidding aside, for everyone going through infertility and conception hell, please know it was not a straight line for either of my pregnancies sending you extra love very sweet yes so she has a one child uh jonathan and they welcomed him back in march of 2016 so congratulations to her uh let's also say a congratulations to robin williams's son cody he got married on robin williams's birthday which was sunday july 21st this is his youngest son cody he got married to his longtime girlfriend maria that's so sweet yeah and the uh, wedding was held at his mom's home marcia williams that was robin's Second wife and Cody's older sister Zelda uh, shared some of the moments on Instagram yesterday. So very sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. Yeah. Let's move on to some big little lies drama okay. that was not on the screen. This is all behind the scenes. So we talked about this in a dirt alert. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I believe a week or two ago, where it was all about season two director Andrea Arnold and the fact that she allegedly had control of the series taken over yep. by Jean-Marc Vallée, the director of the first season. Well, HBO's president of programming is addressing the controversy. Ooh, what is he or she saying? Well, they are saying, let me clarify, there wouldn't have been a second season without Andrea. We're indebted to her. So here's some more opportunities. So they did take take it away from her. I can already feel it. Oh, there's so many opportunities to Hollywood speak in here. So here's what uh, Blois said, goes on to say. As anybody who works in television knows, a director typically does not have final creative control. Uh, They went on to say that the entire producing team all asked John Mark to come in and hone the episodes going on to say I would be hard pressed to point at any show that airs the director's cut of any episode. Unless you had that in your exactly. contract, like John Mark exactly. Valley had in his contract. Oh, mm-hmm. dear bread and beer. Well, and also pointing to the fact that uh, Andrea didn't have control over editing either on these final episodes, saying that, well, some of these episodes had nearly a dozen credited and editors. And they changed an ending. They yeah, changed they changed the, the ending. ending. Mm-hmm. They left it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Because there's negotiations happening behind the scenes over at HBO. I, I, I think so too. We think there's. Season. Donnie says no way. We are like totally there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they're talking, and it just mm-hmm. all the pieces of the puzzle have to come together for Big Little Lies season three happens because the demand is there. You guys want to see it? Yep. And uh, I mean, if as long as Leanne Moriarty and David E. Kelly are on board, I guess. Yeah. Because they came up with the screenplay and the character, you know, where the story went, but it. There were a lot of loose ends still. Yeah, there were with that story. So here's where we might get the potential third season. That Blois says uh, the HBO executive that he's taken a never say never approach, but there are no plans right now. Solid plans. Uh, to me, there's no obvious place to go, no obvious story. But he says I would certainly be open to it because I love working with all of them. Because that's what they said after the end of first of the first season. Like, where are we going to go with the story? Right. The book is is done. We've told the story. Mm-hmm. Well, they've managed. To tell a different story, and I'm sure that if the price is right, and if everyone wants to do it, they will be able to tell an additional story yeah. of the Monterey Love Five. It. All right, Alizzo talking and getting frank to People Magazine, saying that she almost quit music two years ago after the poor response to her song "Truth Hurts." Now, this song is on the charts right I now. Love I love that, that song. song. I just told somebody I think that's yep. my song in the summer. I could just listen to that song over and over. Yeah, the song so came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. actually, and it was re-released on her album "Cause I Love You," which is like one of the best albums of 2019. And she said she released it a couple years ago and it didn't do anything. And she said, I remember thinking, if I quit music now, nobody would notice. This is my best song ever and nobody cares. cares. Well, that's and the last difference year we wanted between, boys to be the song in the summer because I was just such think it's song. a bit different. Spe- I think it's luck. I think sometimes it's flat out luck. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you've got a good publicist and you're with the right people. And who was telling us well, it's so political the other day when we were talking about country play? 
Oh, was sure. It, you know, and how just absolutely everything is so political. Oh, Pamela McNeil was telling us that if you aren't working with the right songwriter, if you're not working with the right yeah. agent, I mean, people use people they know to play and they play their songs. So Right. And this song, Truth Hurts, was recently featured in the Netflix romantic comedy Someone Great. That stars Gina Rodriguez. It came out in April. And Lizzo noted that, you know, what a moment in a movie can do for an artist is crazy. She said she had everything else, the hard work, the good music, the touring. And then there's that extra special magic that nobody really knows what it is that can really change your life. So she's crediting, you know, all the stuff that's happening around her, this this perfect moment. Also, having that exposure in a Netflix movie and then people get curious she about heard, you. I've heard her song. I've heard uh, some some of her songs and a couple other things, too. A TV yeah. show, I think Euphoria might have used a Lizzo song. They did, Lori. And... Um, um, Jay, she's going to be in Jennifer Lopez at Hustler Hustlers movie in September. It's a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. Yeah. Yep. So congratulations to Lizzo. And yes, Truth Hurts definitely is a finalist for Song of the Summer. Mm-hmm. So. It's great. Uh, Andy Cohen talking about a Vanderpump Rules spinoff in Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, he said... Maybe, but it's not a show that you can just turn cameras on in a new place. There's a whole ecosystem of Vanderpump rules, and it's the certain players that make it into something. And the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden, having been there, it is, is it? It, it is the size of a long shoe. I mean, it's got a pretty like garden area out, but it's on the floor of Caesars. And then the, the inside, I mean, it's as big as a shoe store. Just okay. a narrow shoe narrow, store. Oh. It is not like Sir or Pump. Got where it. Those are big... Restaurants, restaurants with a lot of rooms and a lot of employees. Yeah. yeah, he did say Andy Cohen. Lindsay Lohan tried to do it with the Lohan Beach thing, and there also mm-hmm. needs to be some rooting interest of why all these people are together. So he, you know, it's like okay, you can throw people in a shoe in yeah. Las Vegas. Did he say anything about Kathy Griffin? Yeah, he said about what Kathy Griffin had to say about her. She's made a lot up a lot of stuff about me in the past few years that has just been untrue and sad. And I hope she finds some peace, which that is a kiss off if I've yes. ever heard I'll one. Say yes. Oh. His heart. Yeah. Bless you know his it. heart. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Thanks, Sally. What's, what's happening in uh, traffic? Oh, well, My Talk Traffic is brought to you by Hanson Live at Mystic Lake on November 8th, starting 94 westbound. Got a crash. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here is the scandal I today. Okay, uh, we could just put it this way. Elvis may be dead, but in Las <laughs> Vegas, at least he will never leave the building. So there's this new book out called um, Elvis in Las Vegas, How the King Reinvented the Las Vegas Show. And the guy who wrote it, Richard Zoglin, he originally, all he was going to do was do the history of Las Vegas. Okay. And as he's doing the book, he comes to this like light bulb moment that Elvis's association with Las Vegas, beginning in 1956 and ending in 1976, perfectly bookended an era of change. Okay. Because Vegas had always been associated with live entertainment yep. before um, Elvis. So um, when he first played, 1956, he was 21. He ruled rock and roll. Heartbreak Hotel was the number one record. Teenagers, everyone was going crazy. Paramount Pictures had signed him to a movie contract. His TV appearances electrified millions. But when he first played Las Vegas, which was at the Frontier, okay, he uh, the town... 
shrugged, boo, hated him. Okay, he was booked on a triple bill. He came on after comic Shecky Green. He was allotted 12 minutes, four songs. Many people walked out complaining about the noise. I love it. And the reviews were horrible. Okay. That for the teenagers, maybe he's a whiz, but for the average Vegas spender, he was a big fizz. That was from Variety. (laughs) I love the headline. Okay. So, um, and, you know, to just give some context, so Vegas didn't become a city until 1905 and it wasn't until the hoover dam was constructed in 1931 where thousands of workers were working on that the legalization of gambling happened that same year and it brought even more people Mm -hmm. and it brought the mob and after the after world war ii uh, it led the mob led claim to the city that pops out of nowhere with Bugsy Siegel opening right. the Flamingo in 1946. Yep. He gets whacked six months later. Was it that quick? That's quick. I didn't know it was that six quick. Six months later mm-hmm. when his bosses suspect him of skimming process, profits, but the hotel continues under, you know, the new wise guy management. And even though everybody had the same one-armed bandits, the same... Uh, games, the same all-you-can-eat buffets. Some places made it, some didn't. To hook the biggest spenders, hotels mm-hmm. began competing to book the best entertainment. It took a while. In 1954, the big headliner at the last frontier was Ronald Reagan, and he shared a stage with a chimpanzee. Bonzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other hotels booked past their prime stars like Ginger Rogers and Tallulah Bankhead. They didn't exactly draw crowds. The mob upped the ante and started paying more money to woo bigger names. Liberace was an early hit and turned into an unexpected mentor uh, to Elvis. Uh, Really? Yeah. Remember, we learned that at the... We did at the Liberace um, Museum. After Elvis's dud debut, Mm -hmm. the pianist advised him to assemble a flashier stage wardrobe and be more extravagant and Elvis tried on Liberace's gold lame jacket and as soon as he could Elvis ordered a hold gold lame suit and despite the uh, you know this bad reception he had at this because he did a two-week gig at the frontier where just yeah not doing well at all and he but he loved Vegas he also liked one of its there's a little story in this guy's book about him having a two-night love affair with the burlesque star Tempest Storm, oh, whom sure. Donnie found when we she was on right. our show. Yes, yes, she, she, was. Was. she was in her 80s, but and yeah, his manager was furious. Dating a stripper? Yeah. What will that do to your image? And Elvis said, I didn't date her. I just spent a couple nights with her. <laughs> but um, anyway, then Elvis had to go in the army, mm-hmm. and then... Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack era started, um, and they really turned the strip into their own real-life guys and dolls. They shot Ocean's Eleven in Vegas in 1960. He and his Rat Pack buddies took over the hotel stage for weeks, singing and drinking, clowning around. Most of that humor wouldn't fly today. None of them. With Sinatra and Dean Martin, you know, ridiculing Sammy Davis Jr., Mm -hmm. making jokes about the Klan. Making jokes about women. But it killed then. All of Vegas made a killing, and tourists who couldn't get in to see the Frank and Dino show went to see Stephen Eady or Tony Tony Bennett. And um, anyway, Sinatra loved Vegas. He loved the Sands tables where he pocketed his winnings. 
and walked away from any losses until early one morning in 1967 when casino boss Carl Cohen cut off his credit. Sinatra flew into a rage, confronting uh, Carl Cohen, dropping a slur. Carl clocked him, knocking out two of Frank's caps. The next day... Frank said he was moving his act to Caesar's Palace, but Vegas was already moving on without him because Vegas had started booking younger acts like Ike and Tina Turner, sure. Sonny and Cher, mm-hmm. Elvis, Donnie Marie. Uh, well, no, no, no. This, we're in the 60s, Julia. We're oh, in the okay. early 60s. So Elvis was ready. He was back from the army. He did the movies. He was ready to try something new. And he does this singer sewing special which gets called the 68 comeback special and he was like okay he 42 million people watch that show of course you know through tv stations whatever so parker got um elvis a hundred thousand dollars a week to play at this new hotel the hilton and elvis dropped in on tom jones's show in las vegas to check out what hip swiveling you know, he was sure. doing. And then he hired two backup singing groups, got a tight new band. Parker didn't like it. He's like, where's the chorus line? Where are your showgirls? Right. <laughs> Not in my show, Elvis said. And when Colonel Tom Parker pushed him, Elvis did something he never did before. He hung up on him. Oh, wow. Oh, this can oh. all be in this Boz Lerman movie. Because right. this is the time. And that's Tom Hanks role. He'll be playing Colonel Parker. Right. Yes. And the opening mm-hmm. night for Elvis. So this is just a few weeks after the comeback special. It was July 31st, 1969. Ticket prices were a record $15. <gasps> Celebrities from Anne Margaret to Cary Grant were in the audience. He genuinely needed no introduction. He simply walked out. Well, it's one for the money, two for the yep. show, and hit it. And the audience was screaming. He served up, you know, Jailhouse Rock, Love Me Tender, and new ones like In the Ghetto, Suspicious Minds. And he went through in a tight 75 minutes, left to a standing ovation. The King was back. So was Vegas, thanks to him, because from that point on, Elvis. Topics. No, he brought in tourists who'd never gone to the desert. Southern homemakers, Midwestern farmers, women with plastic jewelry, men in jeans and in trucker caps. And the old casino crowd was appalled. Where were all the big tippers? Where's the gowns? Where's the sequins? Why aren't people in tuxedos? The new corporate owners didn't care because by this time now the mob is really out of Vegas. And um, they just kept building grander and gaudier casinos, adding all these attractions. You know, because one of the things that that Hilton was, they had that ceiling. You know, the, you know, they had like a really low and it was like oh, all, sparkly. Remember when we yes, saw? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, anyway, yes. so, um, and as Vegas got bigger, the shows got bigger. Cher returned as a solo act. She brought 15 Bob Mackie costumes and Margaret started performing. And uh, all these people that just had never gone. So the days when like Robert Goulet or Wayne Newton could just do a show and do show tunes were over. Now the spectacle ruled and it was all because of Elvis. And he kept making his shows bolder. The ticket prices kept going up. But he was eight years, just eight years after his Vegas comeback. And he passed. He dead of a heart attack. And his last mm. show in Las Vegas was 
December 1976, and it was a sad spectacle. Mm. He, it was a real sad spectacle. But his influence lingers in Las Vegas because if you look at everyone from who's ever there and all the you know razzle-dazzle that everybody mm-hmm. has in their show, that's all Elvis changed all of that. So even though... You know, his story doesn't end well. He did take it from that old sure. stuffy kind of mm-hmm. showgirl mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. people really, the first, you know, that two weeks that he played at the New Frontier in 1956. Couldn't stand him. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 12 minutes and booed, yelled at, but he didn't wow. care. He and his guys, after his show would be over, they'd cruise all the show, meeting all the showgirls that they could, just having an absolute, he just, that was his town. And in those days, showgirls were required to mingle and stay in the hotel lounges between shows to mingle with guests. Wow. That's what they had to do. Think of how awful that would be. So you get no break between the shows. No. Mm-mm. So, anyway, when he was uh, paid at the Frontier, when he got his 15000 for two weeks in 56, they called him the Atomic-Powered Singer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Th- yeah, that's all. So, people did, did, not like, did not like that. But, yeah, it all, it all uh, changed. And, by the way, when that hotel opened, because it was new, the Hilton. Yep. Elvis insisted that he not be the first performer to play its ballroom for fear of technical glitches. So who do you think was hired to open the room? Mm. The very first person. What was the year? 1969. Wayne Newton. No. No, he was already there. Mm -hmm. Um, Barbara Streisand. Oh! She opened the room, and then when Elvis launched his run... So you can see she probably was at his show. Remember, she That's wanted him right, for his right, stars right, born. Right, right, When he did that show in 1969, he was 165 pounds. He, uh, you know, did all the dr- jumpsuits from the same company who did the ice capade yep. con- uh, costumes. And um, the, the entire four-week run sold out right away. And uh, it was over 101,000 fans and like I said, in this book, um, after Elvis, everything in Vegas got bigger, higher salaries, got your productions, more musicians, splashier publicity, and it got the Midwest to go, not just old, rich gamblers. Mm-hmm. I, and now Midwest is one of the top feeders. Yeah. Yep. So well, thank you, Elvis. Yeah. Love All it. Right, there thank you, go. you, Lori. Well done. All right, listen, we'll be back with the rest of the stories of the day.
Donnie. Thanks for playing a little psychedelic furs. People are heading out to the zoo tonight to see James and the psychedelic furs. Or they're heading out to other places. Or what? heading out to other places. Or you just put blush on and it's just like a massive streak. I know. I haven't across, really rubbed it in across yet. Across her face. <laughs> across her face. I loved hearing about Elvis, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to start. We might it have to get been, that book done. It had done. been exactly okay. a week since we talked about it. Well, so it's come, always good. Come on. Come but that's going to be the period of time that's going to be featured in, in the Baz Luhrmann movie about Elvis. It's going to be 50s. It's going to be 50s through 60s. It's going to be like 20, you know. You don't think it's going to go through 70s? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like 20 years of his. It'll end probably with Because his he death. died at 40, Lori. 42. 42. 42. Yeah, 42. Yeah, so 56, 77. So it's yeah. going to be his. 20 well, years. Okay, can I just say da? What do you mean? Of course, that's going to be the period they're going to focus on. Don't you think? Or no? Well, they could have done, they could have ended it. I mean, you don't, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, you know, oh, okay. it's not a given that you're going to have it. They wanted young Elvis. They wanted a guy who could play the young Elvis. So they, not all movies end with the death. Sometimes it's just the, you know, they have the screen. You know, the just screen say, that says, by the way. They show them at the top. I mean, it's like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah they you know? didn't show that. They didn't. So. Yeah. Take your dub back right uh, now. <laughs> it felt really die. But I like, I do you like this story about B.B. King's guitar, Lucille? I can't believe the family's well, selling it. Well, did you know how they came up with the name? Okay, so B.B. King's Lucille guitar is going to be um, up for auction on September 21st. Let's get our money together. And it's only eight, 80, 80 to 100,000. Oh, my gosh. And, this, and if you've ever heard B.B. King, a song, he always talks about Lucille, yes. but the guitar was not... Um, the first to bear the name. How the story goes, and I never knew this before, you may have, Lori, is that King first used the moniker for the guitar after he rescued from it from a fire while he was playing at an Arkansas club in 1949. A blaze broke out in the club as two men fought over a woman. Oh, and the musician I narrowly escaped story. death after he went back into the club to save his guitar. When King learned that the woman that the men were fighting over, her name was Lucille, he named his guitar after it. And to remind himself to never fight over a woman or run into a burning building. <laughs> Good That's advice. Great. That's great. Yeah. But I never That's knew that story. story. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of well, a cool one. Well, I suppose, one. you know, what's the family going to... Uh, they could donate it, I guess. Right. To some place. Smithsonian or somewhere. Or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Even, yeah. You know. they. But remember, he... Um, didn't he have like? Wasn't there issues with his will and a lot of kids right. and tax bill? That is, that's true. All right, now this movie Julia won't see, but I want to see because Guillermo del Toro is involved. It's called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I saw it. Yeah. Did you look at the trailer? Uh, no, heavens no. You're, why? <laughs> why be that uncomfortable? Mill Valley, nineteen sixty-eight. Where's Local, that? California, Just, oh, okay. let's say. Local life seems immune to the tumult of the big cities. You know, because 1968, a turbulent yep. year, all is not serene in this little valley because there's a girl by the name of Sarah who suffered a tortured life made all the worse by the whispers of townspeople. She protects her horrible secrets in the Bellow Mansion and channels her angst into writing scary stories that she puts down in the pages of a book that has a frightening secret of its own. That sounds what? horrible. Sounds wonderful. Sounds horrible. Sounds great. It sounds oh, great. Yeah. It's going to do very well oh, before yeah. the back to school. So yeah. Donnie has posted that if you want to. What's the trailer? 
Take a look at that. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is sitting at like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I saw that. I saw that. I'm going to go this weekend. That that is one movie I do really want to see in the theater. Ditto. Yeah. I agree. Now, is this something that you want to see? Showtime Documentaries announced their new feature, Sid and Judy. This is going to be a... Uh, I uh, an eye view eyeball story, if you will, or a view through the eyes of Sid Luft, her, her third husband. Yes, he was Judy Garland's, Garland's third husband. Correct. He was her confidant, her husband, and her manager. We're going to see concert footage, never before voice recordings, and personal photos. It's narrated by John Hamm and Jennifer Jason Lee. Sid and Judy will be on Showtime on October eighteenth. I watch it. I think that they. Are, are, are doing feeling it. really good to go tie in with this movie that there's going to be this whole resurgence yes. into Judy Garland with the with this movie coming yep. out. With the name Zellweger, yeah, sure. I totally I'm, would watch oh, it. Oh, Why not? Yes. I love music we'll watch it. Was Sid one of her gay husbands? Well, I uh, felt like she was two for Tuesday. I think she only had like one straight husband out of the... Yeah, I'm I don't know. Sure. Well, I'm going to find out. All right, Sid, La- yeah. this is Lorna Luff's dad. So right. Liza's... Half-sister. Half sister, because she's a Manili. Vince Vincente Manili. Yeah, was he gay? I thought he was the one. Maybe who was gay and Sid Luft wasn't. Yeah, I who knows? Know. We'll find out when we see uh, what's her name, Renee Zellweger. And mm-hmm. well, I put in is Sid Luft gay? Yeah, <laughs> and here's, here's, he was in the worst, the least worst man. The Atlantic wrote a story. Sid Luft was the nearest Judy Garland came to the man that didn't get away. By the end of the night, it was bitter. The star had lost her glitter, but he was hanging in there. He was the longest lasting of her five husbands, 52 to um, 65, half of her adult life, one can call it. Unlike his predecessor, sir, he wasn't musical. Mm-hmm. He was not vor- voraciously gay. Oh. oh. Unlike his success- successor, he was not voraciously gay. Gosh, that's so a he was just kind of gay. <laughs> Well, I would take it to be bisexual. Oh, okay. That's how I read between the Wikipedia lines mm-hmm. on that one. Don't you guys? Wikipedia. I've never, I've never heard that voraciously I, yeah. gay. He wasn't voraciously gay. I, I just, flamboyant, maybe. I don't know. Possibly, possibly. He never fit in Hollywood. He spent a lifetime not fitting in. All right, then we'll watch. We're going to watch it. Yep, we sure. are. He married her to protect her. All right. Well, we're gonna, that. we're gonna leave you now and be safe on the road and do your damn zipper merge. <laughs> okay. Have a good night. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.